Hey, producers, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Bruce from Printavo. We've got a very special episode, and we've got Mr. Stephen Farragut of Campus Inc. We've got Alex from Blue Water Labs today. Really, really fun episode where he is starting an auto reclaim business. He's out of the gates. He's running. He's just about to showcase it this year at a trade show, and he's going to tell us about everything and how it all happened, the ups and downs. It's, it's a fun story. But first, we've got some awesome sponsors. We wanted to say thank you for helping sponsor this podcast. You want to kick it off with graphics? Yeah, Graphic Source. So, Graphic Source specializes in providing high quality, production ready art and dedicated staffing solutions for decorators around the world. With industry leading quality on high end color steps, professionally digitized embroidery files, pixel perfect product mock ups, and order entry solutions, Graphic Source is sure to make a positive, measurable impact on your business. Uh, we use GraphX in our shop. Uh, talk to Nick or Lucas, Nick Wood or Lucas uh, Nielsen, and they can set you up with a dedicated artist. Or if you need a la carte art, you can also use them as well. Easy way. You shouldn't be spending all day cleaning dirty screens. Easy Way's line of environmentally conscious chemicals will get the job done faster and more efficiently and cost you a fraction of the cost per screen. Alex is also from Easy Way, our guest today. And so he's doing this, uh, well, he's doing both roles here. So that's super cool. We got also Supercolor. Thank you, Supercolor, who just joined. Um, they are uh, creating super high quality heat transfers so fast and easy that anyone with a heat press can become a professional printer. It's not just for small shops. I actually just went into a big shop that was doing a huge amount of uh, Supercolor heat transfers. They make it super easy by streamlining every step of the process from pricing and placing your orders. And they are ready to help you grow from designing, creating, and above all, selling more. You've all heard of Multicraft underscore daddy. If you haven't, go follow him on Instagram. If you need ink supplies or a daddy, Multicraft screen printing and digital supplies for over 50 years provides you with top brands at competitive prices. Um, mention the Printavo podcast and receive an extra 10% off your first order. We use Multicraft in our shop. Uh, that's where we get all our Monarch ink from. Thanks to Dave Eggers and the crew at Multicraft. Boom. Let's right, jump in. Let's get to the show. So Alex is actually in Santa Ana, California, doing what? I am out here working with Liquid Graphics on their machine. Oh, oh. that's a big shop. It is a large shop. How's, how's the weather in California? It's like uh, 75, 80 degrees. It's pretty nice. I can't <laughs> complain. <laughs> it's a lot better in Michigan right now. Josh at Liquid was also at Print Houses Conf, of which we'll link down below to his talk. I think it was really cool. He's another one of, I've never pulled a squeegee in my life uh, situation. Very business heavy, sales heavy guy. I think probably one of the most impressive shops. I know they he did a tour um, during ISS, um, but just seeing the scale and like the precision, I heard they, they sample every shirt to the Everyone. customer. Yep. Imagine they have, that. They have uh, <laughs> three 18 color, 16 or 18 color automatics dedicated to sampling, plus a whole manual department. It's pretty nuts. It, it, you literally do need a scooter or something to get from one side to the other. It's crazy. It's just and so far. And they just grew even more. They're like, they got farther back around to the left now. It's crazy. Right. Wow. And they're not a contract shop. Nope. nope. Full service, full package. Wow. He's a beast. That's awesome. I, you know, I, I feel like whenever we talk to shop owners that are so business heavy, it's it's very enlightening because it's they, they come at it from a different angle from whatever they were doing before. 
So yep. whether they're running some other business or, or, you know, they just, they have this different perspective that's so unique. So, um, oh, those yeah, of you that this don't know Alex, <laughs> um, Alex comes from a bunch of different places, primarily Michigan. Alex, yeah. t- tell us about yourself. So after I graduated college, uh, I didn't really have an idea of what I was going to do. So I started a t-shirt shop with my father-in-law. And it was in downtown Glen Ellen, which I knew nothing about MR. Like there was no connection at all. We just went to the Schaumburg ISS show. Wait, and Glen decided, Ellen, Illinois? Yes, sir. That's oh, where wow. Bruce and I lived. Like we grew up like 15 minutes from Glen Ellen. Yeah, Buffalo, I know. Right? I, uh, my, uh, my wife went to Wheaton North High School. Wow. So Glen that's how we Ellen ended up back screen there. Printing. Wait, where did, you to, where did you go to school? Uh, Illinois State. No way. You were literally yeah, across the way. I was yeah. 40 minutes up the road. <laughs> wow. Um, that's where all the cool kids went to school and, and they would bust to U of I to party. 100% because you had the bars at 19. That yes, is we true. Did. <laughs> you know what I actually off? just learned? Alex, this is going to blow your mind. Okay. This is a Bruce fact. When you go to college at like Illinois State or U of I, how many years do you live in the dorms? <laughs> One. Bruce, how many years did you live in the dorms? I lived in the dorms for two years and then a senior dorm. Oh, what? The other two years. <laughs> they they look, basically tossed look. us at state. They're like, we have no space for you people. You need to get apartments. All I have to Bruce? say is that people ask for my lunch pass all four years because <laughs> nobody could cook. Except for frozen chicken at the store. Oh, man. Bruce lived in the dorms for four years. That is where there's a lot of time to, you know, I don't even know how. Like, I I almost lived with some friends in an apartment. Then the the lease fell through or something. I don't remember exactly what. And then it was like, okay, well, this is fine. And I had a couple friends that lived in this area. Get it free? What? Did you at least like TA and get it free? <laughs> no, crazy. I was not TA. The the friends actually that one of the guys that I was running the uh, our screen printing shop was on the floor, and it was like Got a it. smaller building, so maybe there was fifteen people or something in it. Um, and then actually the the Loom founder was down the on the hall too. Um, and mm. so yeah, it was it was cool. I I really didn't think anything of it until people asked me later. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> Vinny, um, yeah, he was on the hall and the guy was running the shop was on the hall. So, nice. so it, was, it was a so little Alex, incubator. It was an incubator. Yeah. It was a little, little yeah. So Alex, so you're you running a shop down the street from m r You lived yeah. in the dorm for one year in college. and then, One year in college, like a normal person. Yeah. And, uh, correct. Correct. <laughs> yeah. So we opened this place and it was right next to the old timey, you know, movie theater in Glen Ellen. And I had, so we got this DTG brand, DTG, and uh, didn't screen print at all. We're like, that's messy. We don't want to do that. And then quickly realized you can't run a business on a DTG printer, you know, with technology that was 17 years ago, right? I mean, this is before everything that exists today. And so we ended up buying a couple who was retiring in Glen Ellen, their screen print shop. And they had an old GT6 and a Maxi Cure and a Blue Max 2. And so it was all MR equipment. And one of Rich's employees, Andy Olson, came down and found us. 
And it was like, hey, we're trying to start a DTG uh, machine at our company. Would you like to come beta test it for us? And I'm like, sure, where are you guys? He's like, we're a half a mile up the road. You didn't know that? I'm like, I have no idea who you are. Like, it meant nothing to me. They're like, we're, that blue stuff down there, that's all ours. I'm like, oh, cool, because, you know, this doesn't work. Can you help me with it? And so they fixed it for us, and I went up and betaed their DTG machine for a few months. And uh, Was was that the M-Link? No, that was the iDot. Wow. This is, I mean, yeah, this is like 2006, I think. So you decided to get into the DTG business with your father-in-law. Yes. After graduating college. What was it like running a business with your father-in-law? That's really that's fun heavy. at first and then bad. It was, uh, I don't, not a big family business person anymore. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> we'll leave it there. He's, he, he's passed. So gotcha. I won't say anything, but yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's just tough. Family's tough, man. It, it, yeah. it brings in mixing money and family's always tough. So. Yeah. I always say like Carson, like Bruce and Bruce and I talk about this. Like we never, I'd never be able to work with Carson at Campus Inc. It just wouldn't, it, it yeah. wouldn't work. Exactly. I've tried. Um, we, we've tried to like bounce <laughs> stuff back and forth, but like I, I get too dominating. Like I, I'm like, uh, okay, do we do this and this and this? And like you do that, I'll do the, you know, and, and it's, it's like. Well, it's your uh, baby, right? I mean, like that's just kind of the way you look at it. I give a lot of credit to the husband wife shops that are able to pull it off so well. Me seriously. Too. Seriously. Um, we did like some music. good episodes with that on that yeah. specific sure. topic because there's, there's a huge personal, emotional aspect. And if they can it. divide and conquer well, I'm all about it. I just, I think I'm a lot like Bruce where I just, I get too you're, controlling you're, over it. You like to conquer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, okay. So you, you did that for a minute or yep. two. Um, talk to us. Uh, how'd, how'd you get into to chemicals? How'd uh, you start playing with that? <laughs> so I was at m for probably, I don't know, a dozen years, maybe 11 years, something like that. And obviously Rich had sold the company about, a, you know, 10 years into that. So I ended up uh, just, my role was changing. I didn't really like where... I was going in there and I'd known John with the owner of easy way for quite some time. And he tried to convince me to stay at MNR for about a year. And, uh, finally I'm like, Nope, I gotta go. And so he hired me and I didn't know too much about chemistry when I first started, but I have this personality that, you know, when I get into something, I kind of want to learn all about it. And so I just dove head first into chemistry and did everything I could with it. And I started with him as the international rep. And then I did a little bit locally in Chicago because I was still living there at the time with TNJ. Wow. And so you became a chemist. Um, <laughs> I'm sure your years in school helped you with that. Definitely. <laughs> um, when you say international rep, what does that mean? Were you traveling around the world? Or were you tell us yeah. about that? So I did a lot of international travel with MNR. I was very fortunate uh, doing that. So I got to meet a lot of distributors uh, around the world. And really? Any Easy cool Way places had, to know that you've been to? I mean, cool for travel, for sure. Uh, I mean, like my favorite, Southeast Asia. I mean, I, I love the Philippines, Thailand, Vietnam. It's uh, Those countries are so great. They're like the most hospitable people on planet Earth. Um, the food is absolutely amazing. I love the food in Latin America, too. Uh, Europe's always fun for like sightseeing and history and, and culture. Um, 
No, they but, everywhere's got its, you know. But but you've parts. been everywhere. You've been to shops all around the country, all around the world. Yeah, I've been to been fortunate. So, I've been to fifty eight countries. Well, what are wow. shops like then over like what's different about shops in Southeast Asia than than here? What do they do better? Or, a or a lot of table printing in Southeast Asia still because labor is so inexpensive and table printing is so efficient. Uh, they do a lot, a lot of table printing still. There's there is automated shops. Don't get me wrong, like the large production shops automate, but when you print on some really you know interesting fabrics, you know swimwear, swimming caps, stuff like that, where the inks have to stretch and you're putting you know, 12 layers of thin ink down to get it to stretch well without cracking. Table printing makes that really, really efficient because the when you have to print flash cool every time you create a layer on those garments, you'd have to, you know, make an oval press that's 50 some odd stations long to get that done. So, so for listeners, a table press, the shirts don't move, the screens, no. the screens do, and the people do. So they yeah. literally take yeah. the you screen can see it on Instagram and they, dro- a lot. And they you drop can see it, down. it on Instagram. And, uh, I know I tagged a couple of them on our easy ways, Instagram, just when I was over there to show people what it's like. <laughs> and a lot of it's done in panels. Like they, a lot of Southeast Asia prints on the front panel, the sleeve panel, the back before they even sew the garment. Hmm. So like cut and sew, basically. Yeah. It's all cut and sew. Yeah, yeah. For wow. sure. And like the printing facilities won't do the sewing a lot of the times. It's just like, it's very modular. So a lot of it's like they have screen makers that deliver screens to printing facilities and the printing facilities do the screens and then in print and then send it to the sewers. Wait, you just said when I was with Easy Way. I'm still with Easy Ways. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Um, and easy way yeah. is a sponsor of the podcast. Thank you Alex, yes. for, for doing that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. okay. So you traveled around the world and yeah. you decided to go to Michigan for some reason. That's where um, I'm from. What? That's where I'm from. That's where, that's where, that's where the mustache comes from. It's Heck a Michigan yes. thing. That's it. <laughs> Gosh, where in Michigan are you from? Uh, so I originally grew up in the suburbs of Detroit and now we live basically halfway between Lansing and Ann Arbor. Tell us about the growth of Easy Way since you've been there. I mean, you know, yeah, um, so. it's it seems like it's the only it's it's like what everyone uses. Um, We're trying gold, to make it that it's the gold standard. Uh, I hope so. Tell us about like that experience working with them, scaling the company, like when you joined them versus when you you know where you're at now. Sure, they were pretty large when I joined them already. I think just adding the international aspect and then. Uh, you know, sponsoring these podcasts and doing a lot more interactive with the industry has grown us a lot domestically too. We did a bunch with M&R and their Ecotechs. We did a bunch with Rock and the Lotus when they were selling that. And so it's, you know, all of those different exposures have gotten us a wider audience. And with that just comes growth of the company. It's all, a lot of it's word of mouth and naturally, honestly, we have been not spectacular marketers. It's just, you know, relying on word of mouth. Is there anything interesting in the behind the scenes of Easy Way? We haven't been able to to really showcase that there. But I, I find like every company, especially that's different than yeah. um, you know, on the on the on the screen printing side is, you know, wow, you know, these chemicals are white labeled here or we make this stuff for there or I will say I've increased the white label program in Easy Way substantially in the last five years. What is so? What is that? That's what where that you mean? guys sell it to so, somebody else as their label. No, we do private labels. So, like, if you buy 
a brand from a distributor that's their specific brand, it could be our chemicals in that. Got it. So, so you'll we'll, let, you know, like you'll let, so like when you buy Kirkland cups, you're actually buying solo cups. Correct. Exactly. That exact concept. <laughs> and so and do we've you increased people, that side drastically. Do you think people then compete or, or like compare those chemicals to yours? I, it makes me laugh all the time. Or I yours to it, yours it, rather. Or <laughs> that's what I see. And, you know, I don't really release that information, right? Because I don't want right, everyone knowing right. what it's what. But there's a, there's a lot of what, you know, where the chemicals are very, very similar. And they're like, this one doesn't work at all. But this one's utterly fantastic. And I just, you know, we laugh a little and move on. <laughs> it's actually an interesting, I was reading about the Kirkland solo deal. Yeah. Um, because it's very much the same thing and they've, they've actually made themselves like the premium cup or something like that. Uh, but it's, it's, I mean, Kirk, like Costco has so much buying power, same with their vodka and you know, all that kind of stuff. They're able to pick, they're able to pick the best of the best and then private label it. Does that annoy you when something like, are you like, cause then they, they can mark it up. I mean, they could, they could put red lipstick on it and make it worth, they can say it's, it's liquid gold. Nope. Our, our, our structure is set up where we are profitable at uh, selling them white label goods. And, and from a support standpoint, it's a lot easier for us because they, there's no support for that. They support it themselves. So on our end, it's, you know, it's more on the manufacturing side where those costs come in and support from the inside. Like there's no outside rep for white label goods. The mm-hmm. distributors, their own reps. So we have a lot less cost into doing Support. that. Yeah. Interesting. It's a contract what, what per- uh, manufacturing almost. Yeah. What, it's, it is like contract yep. manufacturing. What percent of the business do you think is white labeled, if you were to say? Not, not crazy numbers. 10 would be high. Probably okay. closer to 7, yeah. to be honest. I'd have to go look at it exactly. But between 7 and 10 on any given year. Gotcha. So where where is all... Where, like, Where's the main plant where everything's made? Tell us about where the so meth lab we is. Are, <laughs> we have a, both a, a laboratory and a manufacturing facility right outside the Twin Cities in Minnesota. Gotcha. So we have a full-time chemist, and then we have an assistant like bench chemist, and uh, two different manufacturing facilities. Wow. Like in volume, how many gallons of, 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 of chemi- chemistry are you guys like putting out? A lot. I, I, I'd ha- I don't know the exact number, but you know, millions. Wow. <laughs> we gotta do a, we gotta do some sort of shop tour there or something. Cause that's pretty, is it, sure. does it look like, um, you know, like a, a beer, uh, you know, a yes. brewery, 100%, like a big yep. stainless steel vats and yeah. you know, fillers and that, you know, just, it looks exactly like a brewery would. Yeah. You, yep. you can't do a, a, a tasting tour. Um, <laughs> a flight. <laughs> Flight of easy way. (laughs) Flight of easy way. They are environmentally friendly. Uh, That's right. Digestible. (laughs) I wouldn't drink them. No. But we, so yeah, we were talking at Long Beach and uh, we had a, uh, we, I don't know. I think we were waiting for our crate, which took way too long, but it is. For sure. By the way, Bruce shipped his crate back to my shop. (laughs) He told me he was doing that. Yeah. I get a call being like, so, hey, this Printavo crate is here. So not this. only do I have the trade show crate, but I also have a whole pallet of Bruce bobbleheads. You see, the thing yeah, is, right. um, our, 
I think we talked about this, but our logistics company dropped us. They dropped everyone that spends less than 15,000 a year, I think it is. And and I had referred them to a bunch of different jobs because they were great. And so they dropped all of us. (laughs) And so at the end of the show, they're like, yeah, we need somewhere to ship this. Um, so it's like, hmm, Steve, what's your address? <laughs> okay. But, and then when Bruce wrapped the crate, he put like one string of film around it. So it got <laughs> delivered in a snowstorm and it was like, is disgusting. Yeah, so, so now we have terrible. I'm new. I'm new to the, uh, to the shipping Logistics. and freight world here. Logistics. Yeah. yeah. Just all in all encompassing. I didn't know you needed right, to keep, you know, wrapping that bad boy and the top. I left the top open cause I'm thinking it's not going to fall over, <sighs> but Anyway, yeah. Okay, so wait, so we were talking and hang out while we were waiting for the crate. Yes. You mentioned that you were working on uh, this new project, this new company called yeah. Blue Water Labs, um, yes, which you can find it. Of which I, cu- you know what? It's funny because I Google it to uh-huh. to to go to the site, but it's hard to find it right away. But if you go to bluewater-labs.com, it is really really cool uh, reclamation units. Can you say it again? Recla what? Reclamation, reclamation. Is that the right word? Reclaiming. I think you can say it either way. Inline reclaiming. Tomato, tomato, dude. He (laughs) makes a really cool. I'm gonna just give the style number R two five three six S. That's right. Uh, (laughs) No, but I was like, wait, what do you mean you're making these? Uh, Like you're like buying them and like relabeling or like wait what? So. Tell us what Blue Water is and how you got started. This is really, really cool. So we started only like six, eight months ago. Uh, it's been a heck of a trip in these past six, eight months. But we we found this unit about 10 years ago. And an engineer had built it. And it reclaims the screen the way we believe the best way to reclaim a screen is. And I'll go through the process in a little bit here, but you know, the story behind it is the guy's an engineer and he's not a great business person. You know, we know it's like a creative, you know, opening a t-shirt shop type deal. And they're not always the best at getting products to launch. And so he built, you know, four or five of these things over a decade. And he was ready to not build them anymore. And I came across this opportunity, uh, with liquid and i'm like hey i i really think your unit would fit in well here and he didn't really want to make it so what ended up happening is we bought the rights for that unit and decided to go into business for ourselves. and i have a partner in the business obviously but uh that's what we decided to do how'd you buy the rights how did that work formed a contract with him essentially. So he gets a royalty on every machine we sell for the next X amount of years for an X amount of percentage. Got Does it. Okay. he have to, okay. So many questions here. Yeah. This Shoot. is super cool. So is this uh different than easy way or is this like one venture? It is different. It is it's different. Totally separate LLC. Yeah. Gotcha. So, yep. so is he still like, why did you fall in love with this machine? Because there's, I mean, has got one. Lotus yeah, has got one. hundred percent. It's different than all the other machines out there. So all of the machines that we work with typically, you know, all scaled to different sizes, uh, work with a solvent, emulsion remover, and then a power washer, and the screen comes out. Uh, Some of them have a flood rinser. Some of them have a few other things, but that's the basic concept of all these machines. And while they work great, there's nothing wrong with any of them, honestly. Uh, 
you're only washing with the solvent and the degreaser the old image area. So with our machine, we start in a tank that you load onto a belt, and then the first station's high pressure. So that clears the screen of all the ink and the emulsion from the last image. The second station is the solvent research. So now you're dehazing and degreasing the entire screen versus just the old image area. Then we go into a second pressure washer to remove that haze. Then we have a flood rinser, obviously, to get the uh, ancillary chemical bits from the pressure washer section off the screen. And then we actually install air knives into the machine so the screens come out dry. It's really sweet. Are you? So by the time you have, have a whole rack of screens. Or, what? And do you have an auto reclaimer right now? No, oh, that's right. Our, you got the you got the guy. We that, got the, the guy. guy. <laughs> yeah, <he> got. <laughs> when he retires, I will buy one. <laughs> Heck yeah! Taking a bet on something like this, yes, that's a pretty big deal. Did you already have sales ready to go that you were like, like Kinda? these are like these are really expensive machines. They are expensive, yeah, for sure. And you know we can go into the models and everything, but essentially we make two models of reclaimer, two models of developers, and they mirror each other in the size shop that they would fit into. Um, but it was a big undertaking. Uh, I mean, it was a large decision to to go into this, just both financially and, you know, having a whole nother set of employees and having, you know, a whole nother avenue and a whole nother building, you know, rent, all that stuff, buying all the equipment to get it up and running because we – do everything ground up. I mean, we don't contract out anything. So you, so you start, all the welders. you're yeah. literally buying the sheet metal or whatever, or is that all prefab it, and then it's assembled? Or? So no, we have like the, the stands are all made by us. The pump holders are all made by us in the metal department. And then we have a whole uh, plastics department to make the machines out of. Wow. Mm. So we had to buy all the welders, the CNCs, everything. We started with literally nothing. What was so the cost to get started? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I like uh, this is so much. If you go to their website and look at these, you know, just think about making one basically from scratch. I mean, yeah. you've got the plans, but like, yep. And we had we had the plans, we had the guy, and we had nothing else. They got um, the guy too. We did get the guy, yeah. So that engineer is now uh, he uh, he's ten ninety nine contract with us, mm-hmm. uh, just so he could stay on. I mean, he was sixty one and ready to retire, so we just hire him. You know when we need stuff redrawn, et cetera. Um, but if you don't count the building, it wasn't too bad. Uh, the building was really expensive. It was, we have 30,000 square feet and yeah, it's a serious operation. We went all in. And is this in Minnesota too? It is. It's about 15 minutes away from where Easyway is. What's your role? Like, okay, you have an engineer who's retiring. Yep. Um, how, how the heck are you doing this all? Like, what's your role in this? So, I mean, I kind of am like the catch-all right now. Uh, I've, I was fortunate to work at MNR for so many years, so I have an understanding of how manufacturing facilities should work. And, you know, that was a lot of that came from Hoffman. He, you know, he wasn't hesitant to walk anyone through and show people, you know, the order of operations of things and how you should do things. And I learned a lot there. And, uh, I take a lot of those practices and and bring them here. And now my role is, you know, my my largest role is just operations and sales, honestly. I got a guy that runs a factory for us and, you know, we have the whole welding department, et cetera. So it's, in the beginning, it was kind of everything, but now it's, 
we're easing into it. <laughs> how, how many machines? I mean, you've already like you're already selling them. I know I've yep. seen them starting to to get put into shops. Yep. How many are you? How many are you guys able to produce? Like a week, a month? Like what's the output? <clears throat> so right now we're only doing about three a month uh, for the next four to six months or so. Uh, just getting the staff up and running. Uh, our goal for twenty twenty three is a hundred machines out the door. That's some Elon numbers. Yeah, <laughs> sleeping or, on the, uh, the plant floor. Is there yeah. a Cybertruck Blue Water coming out that you're Definitely. gonna like keynote? Um. You know, oddly on that, I really, with a lot of Josh's influence, honestly, from Liquid, I want to get some robots involved somehow. So that it could even further take the people out of it. As long as you name the robots Bruce. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, hey guys, meet Bruce. And they can have there's, smoke breaks. That's, <laughs> exactly. There's a, but there's a huge, like, I actually got this from uh, PMI Split Tape. And they showed me what they did with robots in their factory. And I was like, that's what I need. So I can, I can sell you, that. How do you know what to buy to go in to start this business or did that the engineer because this is like like i feel like we're like jumping into today but there's like yeah all of this there's thirty thousand square yeah. feet there's however many that, people there's like the process the engineering yeah. the manufacturing a lot of research man like so i start that engineer gave us a great head start because he knew what cncs worked best with poly he knew what welders worked best with the poly he and then he knew what he did for the aluminum and stainless parts of the machine and all that stuff. So I had a huge head start with him. Hmm. So I took a lot of his advice. I call it a lot. You know, like we go to trade shows to look at screen printing equipment, right? And different garments mm -hmm. and all that. I went to a CNC trade show and I was like, this is what I'm doing. This is the application that I have. Pitch me on what you have. And so I did the same thing we do for this industry. How much is a CNC machine that, that, can create all the parts for this. You know, they can range. You can get them as inexpensive as 30,000 and as much as 250,000. And it's very much like, you know, the range of automatics, right? It's like buying something as, you know, small as like a Lawson Mini Trooper up through a Challenger 3 type deal. And whether you want the tools to change automatically and like all that stuff. So somewhere in that range. And, so, and had you sold one yet before you decided to go in this? Like, uh, what? What guarantee? So, nothing. Uh, I mean, I guess there's just, only two other competitors, right? So it's pretty, you know. We have but, like 10 competitors that are fairly strong globally. Um, but they all had the same process. And because our process is different, I truly believe like we had a foot up. And it was like. I was kind of like, I'm young enough to recover if this goes belly up. So I dove in. Are you, are you worried that the competitors might just look at it and be like, oh, we'll just switch our formula around? Yeah, there's some of that out there. But I think they've, I think our sales, I mean, when you're the first in anything, people generally gravitate towards it because you've done it and you understand it. And then when people, you know, imitation is the finest form of flattery. So eventually when people copy it, you know. I'll be happy. So, oh, wait, so wait tell us about the first one though that you built with yeah. all this. Like, was it a like was it a dud? I, I feel like um, if you like buy all the stuff, you set so it up. You've who got has the, guy, the first one. Can you can you shout out who has the first one? Officially for us, there's one in uh, West Virginia 
His name is Shandy Broom, and he has uh, three MHMs yeah, out there. Yeah, what's Heck up, Shandy? Yeah. Shouts out. Yeah, he's got the very first one. All right, one. so it's not a dud. It's not a dud. <laughs> it is not a dud. It runs every day. Shandy will hold you accountable. There is stuff on his machine that we no longer use. There are sections. There's a whole section that we basically just turned off, and it just passes through three feet of nothingness because we realized we didn't need it. You're iterating. You're iterating. Yeah. So the second one was a, a shop up in Minnesota by us because we wanted one local. Uh, Liquid was the first large machine we built. And that was like, that was an undertaking because, you know, I don't know how many people know Liquid that well, but they're doing six to 800 screens a shift, two shifts a day, six days a week. So they're cleaning 12 to 15, 1600 screens a day, six days a week. So they're running several auto reclaims. One. Just one. Just wow. one. They had to. Uh, and we replaced the two with one of ours. Wow. Now, really? with, an er- with an early adopter like that, do you like basically tell them like, hey, this might suck? Do you want to buy it? I said there's going to be a learning curve. <laughs> do you give them a break on it because of that or yes. just gotcha? Yep. He basically, uh, though, he got a developer for almost nothing. But yeah. I got to imagine I, I th- like you're probably working harder than the competition because you're the underdog. I am and I'm hungry. I mean, you're, you're and there, so, you're in Santana right now. You're, yeah. you know, you're there, you're getting feedback, you're going back and forth. Yep. I'm sure iterating on the product quicker than anybody else's. Yeah. They've had theirs, uh, six months now. And I mean, it's, it's actually, we're not changing anything about their machine. There's, I mean, theirs is running really, really well. Uh, I'm actually out here more on the easy way side cause they're running, they've run easy way in their older machines. They had Grunigs before this machine and they ran easy way there. So I'm kind of helping in both roles right now out here with them. They kind of go hand in hand cause you need chemistry in them. It's great. And you know, part of the other reason we started this is we had really, I mean, we had, we helped them in R and Lotus and all that, but we didn't have a machine of ourselves in, you look at Saudi and they sell Zentner and Kiwo sells a Grunig and, you know, so forth. I mean, CCI makes their own machines. IT makes their own machines. Everyone had a machine and we never did at Easyway. So I told the owner of Easyway, I said, I think I'm going to go do this and sell it to you guys. And he's like, no, 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 don't leave. I'll just let you do both. And I'm like, Salad. Let's do this. I mean, they, they work hand in hand so well, you yeah. know, I think, I think that's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool when you have like a, a founder or an owner that like is letting you kind of do that, you know, it's like, uh-huh. go run off, you know, stay close. Um, but we'll, we'll make this part of a bigger picture. It's kind of Correct. letting you pave your own and your own, your own destiny. Do you name Absolutely. it blue water because it's a blue ocean? No, okay. I named it blue water because we tried like 12 to 15 names and when you're trying to register an LLC, they are all taken. <laughs> or domain. Like, think oh of, my gosh. Think of a name and it's just, it's gone. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm a big domain guy. <clears throat> exactly. Big domain guy. Let's see if uh, oh, bluewater.inc is available. I'll sell it to you. No. Um, <laughs> bluewater.land. Bluewater. Bluewater. Actually, I just saw Kevin O'Leary, like dot fun is a thing now. No way. What? Reclaim.fun. <laughs> Actually have fun reclaiming. <laughs> that could be hilarious. Perfect. Yeah. But, oh, damn. It's it's taken. Um, Reclaim.inc is available, though. I'm that was not bad. I'm, I'm a big dot anchor. 
Yeah, it's gonna well, make sense for this industry, right? Before this episode goes live, someone's gonna have to buy this. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna minimize this screen and just start buying them before, <laughs> before Steven <laughs> buys them. Go daddy here. I Wait, love, so you got the I first machine buying. out. Shandy Broom got yeah. it. It's going well. Yep. Um, like what that? What what are some of the lessons learned from those first you know six months? Some of the ups and downs there. Uh, it was a lot of order of operations in the building process itself. Not so much with the machine because the machine's been around a while, so we knew how we wanted it to function. But a lot of it is order of operations and manufacturing. And when we build something, when we order this, when we, et cetera. And that's still getting worked out, honestly, which is why we're only building, you know, a couple machines a month right now because it's, it's not, you know, manufacturing is tough. And so we're, we're ramping up. People getting people right now is obviously difficult. I'm sure Steven's experiencing that in his shops and you're experiencing it trying to get coders. I mean, the, the world's competitive right now and we're all in the middle of it. Is that your bottleneck you think is just people or right now it's labor a hundred percent. Wow. Un- undoubtedly labor. Have you thought about partnering with like a bigger manufacturer to actually like build it at scale? No. I mean, yes, but no. Okay, you're arguing with yourself, so talk to us about yeah. this. <laughs> it's because the, he's the, a lease on the $30,000 or 30,000 square foot or he bought yeah, it or whatever. It's a little bit of that, but the, the economics uh, don't work well because they're all in a labor conundrum too. So their lead times and their cost to manufacture are up just like ours are going to be. And when you scale that, you know, all of a sudden percentages get out of control because there's a lot of companies out there that make these reclaim machines that don't manufacture them themselves. Mm -hmm. And you can see it as it goes through a line from a manufacturer, you know, the manufacturer to another manufacturer, to a distributor, to a customer. No one does it for free. Right. So the scale just makes it almost unpurchasable. You know, I, I think a lot of, uh, like something I think of when you talk about it is like Douthit, like Mark mm-hmm. and, you know, like they're literally like, they're so, con- you know, in so much control of their product, but then yep. they obviously service it well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're so integrated with their customers. And that's why people, I think buy Douthit is cause you get Mark, you know? Yep. Um, it sounds like with this engineer, he's like your boy blue. There's a good he joke. Um, <laughs> uh, but like. Or, you know, is, is like, how, how, do you worry about like support and tech and like the install part of it? Cause like We've it's only actually, half the battle selling it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, to be honest, selling is the easiest part. The manufacturing and the. Well, who can say no and, to you? I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, uh, no, but we already have a full-time technician. Uh, and within the next few months, we'll, we'll hire another one. Wow. And, uh. That's that's a huge portion of it. We offer some stuff on the technical side uh, that I think a lot of other manufacturers don't offer. Uh, at the in, you obviously get the install right, and then between sixty and ninety days after the install, you get a follow up service call from us to make sure the machine's running right, to go over any maintenance that you may have not remembered from the installation or because you didn't read your manual because many people don't. And so we do that, and then you have the option to purchase before the two-year warranty is up a preventative call to fix anything under warranty that you need uh, before that's out. I think that it almost goes down to like how you guys operate at Easyway. Like you guys are in shops helping people out. I mean, yep. 
randomly I was in my shop and Alan just popped up and I was like, what the heck are you doing here? Yeah. You guys really don't take permit, like, you know, you don't ask for permission to help your customers. And I think the support is, that's the part that scares me the most. I mean, being sure. an early adopter with bad support versus being an early adopter with real support, there's yep. like a huge difference. Absolutely. Um, I'm learning that in the DTF world. <laughs> uh, I don't think I could do this without standing behind the product a hundred percent. It just, it's, again, that's probably something I learned at MNR. It's something rich ingrained in us. Like that guy stood behind everything he did and he would fix it at a loss. And I'm kind of the same mindset. I, I want this to go right. And I want everyone to realize that we're a service company and you're going to get that support from us. When do you think you'll start making money? <laughs> Good question. Um, <laughs> how, question how, do, <laughs> how does that feel when you're like, I'm taking a huge, I mean, this is, this is not a small investment. No. You know, like we, uh, we, we buy a press after we've made money or we think we can make money quickly selling t-shirts. Yeah. Like you're putting the cart like way in front. Yeah. Um, how do you model that? Like financially, do you have like CFO that you work with? Cause that's, that's like a big, we have a, yeah, we have a controller. Uh, it, they're hired in on a contract. They're not full time, obviously with us yet, but, uh, She's slapped my hand a couple of times when I've gotten the cart really, really before the horse. You know, oh, so, just buying something. Well, just, oh, well, just buying like equipment. Big capital equipment purchases and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, it's when the money's not there, it's not but there. It's a scale. I mean, I, you know, manufacturing at this scale obviously is a huge capital investment to get started. And then you need yes. the scale to be make it worth it, right? It's not like, correct. okay, got it. Now we broke it. It's like, we need to constantly produce X units clearly to just And like even. plastic welding's not a huge profession in the world, right? Welders you can find everywhere, metal welders. Plastic welding's different. And there's not a lot of them out there. So when we, when we're, doing a lot of training in that avenue, you're spending tons of money on labor and getting very little return for it for months. And that's a huge investment as well. So you put a uh, uh, Lotus Holland and Ecotex yeah. in a blue water uh, next to each other. They all walk into a bar. <laughs> what are you seeing as the differences here between you know price, sure. speed, uh, cleanliness of the screens, it comes out environmentally friendly aspect. Like what, what, well, if you the, do it right, they're all going to make a clean screen. And that has a lot to do with exposure of the emulsion chemicals you run, et cetera. None of them are built in a way that aren't going to clean a screen properly. That has a lot to do with the shop more than it does the machine. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as the output and functionality, you know, the M and R falls in the 350, 360, you know, screens per shift range. And I think their units are somewhere around a uh, hundred and forty installed. Um we have machines that kind of sandwich that. We have one that does two hundred screens a shift. Except I, I like to pitch it compared to both those machines that we finish the job because we you know the machine gets fully dehazed, degreased in there and it comes out dry. So it's kind of finished. So by the time you do the entire rack and roll it into the room to coat you can literally start coating those screens versus having to wait for them for another couple hours. Uh, but we have a machine that does about 200 screens a shift and that installed on your floor currently is going to fall 
with options depending 75 to 82 somewhere if you in get that the realm. full self-driving well it has detection. to do with like in feed and out feed length uh whether you get the tanks built in whether you get a booth on the end like there's a lot of ancillary options that can make your life easier or not but there's also some people that don't have a lot of room in their shop and they just get like the mega compact version and so those are all you know small bits and pieces in there if if i were to order one today yep. when would when would it we talking 2024 no 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 four and a half four and a half five months uh but we're limiting the orders with self-regulation i mean i've said no to a lot of orders already because Oof. i don't want to be the That's guy frustrating. that like it's super frustrating but i definitely yeah. don't want to take deposit money and then just you know give you a deadline and then push you and push you and push you because there's a lot of that going on in this industry right now and we're i've been very fortunate so i don't need the money to operate right now i don't have to have that and so i want to get all of us put together really well and functioning that when i take your order i give you the deadline and i you get it when you when i say you're going to get it this is super cool. cool Alex, uh, where, where can everybody find Blue Water Labs? Is it just the website, bluewater-labs.com? We do have an Instagram handle, Blue Water Labs, as well. And right. at some point, we'll get other social media put up there. It's just... I feel like this not, is a great YouTube channel. Like, this is all content right here. It's just everything optimized around Reclaim and then expanding the departments yeah. from there, but... Yeah. Sure I mean, this is the first time we've really started to talk about reclaim. We've been talking about a lot of other stuff. Sure. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, not, it's not like the coolest part of screen printing, right? But like, I just find it really cool that you started this with, with your co-founder. <laughs> that this is not like, you know, I'm making this cool accessory or attachment. Like, that's awesome too. But like, yeah, if you go to your website and look at these pictures and Chris could pop this up. I mean, this is... Yeah. Not, they look like spaceships. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, you know, we, we build them out of poly or everyone else builds them out of stainless. And there's a couple of reasons. I mean, it's incredibly chemical resistant. I know stainless is as well, but even over time, the welds will tend to rust a little bit with the acids that we use. Uh, and poly doesn't do that. It's also very quiet. When you run a pressure washer in a stainless steel box, it echoes a little bit. With poly, it absorbs a sound. So we get these really quiet machines out there. Plus, that white that you see, as long as you wash it and keep it clean, use Easy Way products, it, it's going to stay beautiful and white forever. It's like the Dyson. Exactly. <laughs> the Dyson exactly. of Reclaim. The, the Dyson, Dyson of Reclaim. The Dyson of Reclaim. <laughs> Appreciate you joining us and, and kind of sharing some of the insights. Absolutely. Are you, when, when is your first show going to be? What's supposed when to be the, when is the, if, <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. So maybe uh, uh, Fort Worth? I, it's... There is the great potential for it to be at Fort Worth, yeah. All right. Not right. Atlantic yeah. City. Un- highly, highly, highly <laughs> Which unlikely. is like two weeks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Alex at Blue Water Labs, thank you so much for joining us. This Absolutely. was really, really cool. You guys, again, can go go check them out. Go, go you know, Alex is busting butt here to get this um, pushing forward, and it's really exciting. Very interested to see it also, and at some point when we're in Michigan, I would love to – stop by we should film or do some cool tour or something but yeah thanks guys for listening to this episode of pronouncers podcast we'll see you guys on the next one